Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome, welcome, welcome to yet another episode of Rant Match. We are super excited to be here. Another Monday, another recording. Well, Wednesday in 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 the time that you're listening to this. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, here we are. We have wrapped up our first series, and today we are starting a new series. Uh. I'm so excited about this series. Um, before we get into that though, Naya, let's check in. How Please, you doing? Yeah, let's do that. Um, I'm great. I just came from an awesome trip with one of my really good friends. Um, I I went on the trip for a business trip, but it turned into like a really great fun experience. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, I needed to get out of Michigan. When can I leave again? <laughs> like mm. we've all been quarantined. Um, and I've I've at least been trying to be really good about the fact of like go to work, go home, go to work, go home. And like, if I do see my friends, we've all like taken a COVID test and we've all like tried to quarantine together or something of that nature, like try and keep precautions. And I mean, we still did COVID tests for um, this business trip. Like we still were trying to be very cautious. We always had hand sanitizer in our hands, always wore our masks. Um, but we we had to travel because I had to get this business done. But yeah, yeah. so it was a great trip. Um, so I'm feeling very rejuvenated and like recharged. Um, and of course, I'm back home and I feel like, okay, I have way too much work to do now. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Tills? I mean, I guess you never really know. Um, you never really know how much you need a trip until it actually happens. Yeah. And then when you're out of town, you're like, oh my word, I didn't know how much I needed this. Yep. Um, I'm good. I'm tired, but yeah. that's always the case. <laughs> um, my job really is amazing. <laughs> and I think because I give so much of myself to the job, by the time I get back home, I'm really exhausted. Like, yeah, I'm really, really tired. So yeah. And then I've just been telling I like, ah, I've been such a terrible texter and friend person these past few days. Like I'm just not in the mood to talk. So like I'll ask Naya a question and she'll respond and then I just won't answer. <laughs> but like, I feel I'm like t- I'm not much better either. I feel like the job is definitely taking a lot of it. Cause I feel like Tuli will definitely respond back typically faster than I do. Like, yes, I think yes. we're now switching spots of me being like, Oh shoot. I never replied back. Yeah. And then I go and I text Tuli and she's like, I see it. And now I need to go boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I see it and I'm just not gonna reply. <laughs> Thank you for responding, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna engage right now. Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's really where I'm at. Um But you gotta love those friendships though. Like I feel like those are the good friendships. It's like that's oh, true. Oh, but now I yeah. I need to- but it's weird because it's not who I am. Like, I'm yeah, very responsive, like, very, like, but also I'm fine. It's okay. Also, my period is about to start. So I'm feeling Ugh. very weird. Tell I'm feeling foggy. It. I'm feeling tired. I'm feeling a little emotional today. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, but you know what? We're just going to move forward. We're going to push on and we're going to push into this brand new series. Yes, so yes, yes. <laughs> you guys know, if you listen to the first five episodes, we just kind of our first series our first five episodes were just an introduction to like who we are the kinds of conversations we enjoy having but there really wasn't like a theme or a topic 
about you know those episodes we just were like these are things that are important to talk about and let's chat about them pretty much now we want to focus things a little bit more just for the series i mean the next series could be another mixed bag of whatever we want i don't know we, we don't know yet <laughs> we don't know yet y'all we really don't we really don't we're just gonna go with a flow but we are going to start our love series Woo! I mean, I know maybe some of you are thinking, but the month of love is over. Like, why are we talking about love in March? But the thing is, I don't think we talk about love enough, right? And I think it particularly in the way that we are planning to talk about it, because it's not just in the romantic sense Mm -hmm. of love, but love holistically. And so over the next few weeks, we're just going to delve into different aspects of love, different types of love. And um, yeah. I'm super excited about this. I don't know about you, girl. Girl, are you kidding me? This is literally my favorite thing to talk about. So it really is. Uh, <laughs> it, it literally is. Like, as you guys know from the first episode, relationships are my ish. Like, I just, I'm a rom-com fanatic. I'm obsessed with the idea of love. I just think love is everything and everything is about love. Like, that is me to my core. If you know me, I started off with Cary Grant movies with my mom. Like, this is just... <laughs> I love it. However, today we are talking about self-love. So we figure Mm. we should start with the thing that probably I think is getting the most attention here lately in social media. However, I think a lot of times we don't talk about self-love as its own singular thing. We talk about it in some correlation or association with he's not treating you right inside of your relationship. Well, where's your self-love or things Mm -hmm. of that nature, how you allow other people to treat you as a mirror of how you actually feel about yourself. And that's all fine and dandy. But when things aren't going that well, that actually makes you feel worse, or at least it's made me feel worse. Of like sometimes the way I treat myself is in my image, like it is a lot better than sometimes I allow other people to treat me. And I think that's a that's a growth moment. That is a growing thing. So if you didn't take a look at the title of this episode, you should, because it it might start a little bit of a question mark, like the puzzled cartoon, like, eh? Look, so we have titled it the myths of romantic relationships because a lot of times self-love is usually talked about in the relation of romantic relationships and it's not talked about by itself, right? So there's that singularity concept that I was talking about. So two, just to give them a framework, sis, what is your relationship with yourself? Woo, my relationship with myself is Mm -hmm. like constantly evolving, right? Um, But I must say my relationship with myself is so much better. And I think it gets better and better and better as time goes on. Yeah. Just because I've implored myself to be self-aware. And um, I think for everyone, everyone can say lockdown and quarantine really allowed them to spend a lot of time with themselves Mm. and a lot of time with their demons, you know? Retweet Uh, that part. Can we retweet that part? (laughs) We have to retweet that part because... Spending time with your demons, I'm telling you, my girl, it will change your life. It will change your life. And I think, um, you know, I I spent a whole lot of time investing in friendships with people and, and, and only understanding and knowing myself in the context of friendships, in the context of other people. Like, this is the kind of friend I am. This is how I like to love people. This is how I like to be loved. Yeah. And I never, ever had like a singular perspective of how truly exists as truly as as herself as a being as a whole entity as a concept who is she and what is she 
And that was difficult, like down to the very core, simplest things of like, what do I feel like eating today? What do I feel like eating? I would always go with like what my friend says or like what my boyfriend says or what my friends are saying. Like, okay, we're, we're eating McDonald's. Okay, we're eating McDonald's. But like, what do I want to eat? That, yeah. that sounds weird, but like on the most profound level, guys, I'm able to su- suss out inside of me. Like, I actually want a peanut butter and jam sandwich. And on the side, I want two cook sisters. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I know... Yeah exactly what I want because I'm able to identify that voice in myself I'm able to identify like these are what my desires are and that's on a superficial level but like yeah my relationship with myself is constantly evolving some days I really can't stand the sight of myself but that's just because (laughs) I have I have all these issues with my body and 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 the way it looks and how it just refuses and it is so stubborn to be like, it just doesn't want to be what I want it to be. It's just, yep. it's just going to take shape as, as it wants to take shape. And then I toil with like, just loving who I am because I'm like, wow, girl, you've gone through and overcome so much that like, man, all you deserve is tenderness and all you deserve is love and affection. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think we're all, sometimes in great spaces with ourselves and sometimes in not so great spaces with ourselves. And I think that's okay. <laughs> How about you? What is your relationship with yourself like? So we got a love-hate relationship over here too. I mean, again, like, as you said, we are ever evolving, ever changing beings. Like even from yesterday to day, I know a lot more about myself than I did yesterday. Right. And yeah. so I've learned that part of one of the myths for me that I had to un that I've been unlearning lately is that I tend to try and fix the holes in myself with my relationships with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so part of me recognizing those holes is saying like, I have to stop saying that like, I need to fix these things because fix implies that something is broken. And one thing mm-hmm. I am not is broken. Um, and so that yeah. is something that I've tried to have to re- rewire a lot of it um i am blessed and lucky enough to have a very nice therapist who has encouraged me to think very differently about things and think in terms of habits not so much in terms of like oh well this is a bad decision so you're a bad person type thing you know like think in terms of like what led you to make this habitual decision and how do we change it type thing and how do we make smarter decisions moving forward and I think when I started looking at things from that way I stopped beating myself up so much I think in a lot of ways um am I perfect no do I know how to be perfect no am I ever trying to attain to perfection Absolutely effing not. Um, However, I do want to get to a point where I am deeply, profoundly in love with myself, where I would want to date me, want to love me, want to marry me, want to. And in my head, I absolutely am like, I do. I do all those things. But then I I engage myself in certain situations that might say differently. And then when I'm really down on myself, it's easy when it's a good day, right? Like on a good day, you're like, of course, I'm on top of the world. And then there are my bad days. And I really think my bad days say more about me because on my bad days, it's like when I want to curl up in a ball, I don't want to talk to anyone. I don't want to engage with anyone. And Tuli's been there. Like I literally will voice know her like, I'm just really upset about life. Like, I don't feel like I'm good at anything. I don't feel like I'm doing anything right. I need help. 
And thankfully I have an amazing, amazing group of girlfriends who are always by my side, always holding me up, trying to support me through all of those because I do have, I, I had, I had depression as a, as a high schooler and had to go through that disease and that illness. And it still shows up. There's still times when the symptoms come right back around. And I have learned that when you see the signs, do not ignore them. As you said, quarantine forced me to deal with a lot of my demons. Um, and the thing that I've also been trying to get myself to recognize is like, keep asking yourself why, like, why do you feel like that? Why is this happening? And I've like unwound so much crap lately of like why I feel the way I do about so many things that quite frankly, there are some moments when I'm just like, who cares why? I just don't want to <laughs> more. Like I'm tired. I don't want to understand anything more. But the more you understand, the more you can change. It's like, yeah. it's like a math problem. If I understand how to, how to get two plus two, then maybe I can do two times two, you know? Um, so it's all a learning process. It's, it's a part of that not so fun um, reality that we live with. It's like life is not linear. It is not, it's not a circle either. <laughs> like, it's no shape, you know, it's not linear and it's not. Whatever it is, it is, it is, it's a, it's a mother. Okay. Literally. <laughs> And I think you're so right. Like some days you get to the days where you're like, I don't want to know why. I don't care to know what my traumas are. I don't want to know, you know, I don't want to unpack this. Because let me tell you something, guys. I think our generation tends to like romanticize this thing of inner work, like yeah. the work of the self and stuff. Like I remember in, in, in lockdown, I was like, I'm freaking tired of inner work. I'm exhausted. Yeah. I'm tired. And I spent all my days just sleeping. I was unemployed. I was broke. I was lonely. And not because of anybody's doing, not because people weren't there for me, but because like, it was just a very peculiar situation, some, something I had never been in and never experienced in my life. So that inner work becomes exhausting. I'm not going to lie. And it's not something that's like, you know, I, I just, I'm so over the idea of us romanticizing the hard stuff. Like, let's talk about it for what it really is. It's let's hard. talk about unpacking your childhood traumas and, and how those things manifest in your relationships, in your friendships and how that's like really messed up. <laughs> you know, sometimes or you just even, can we on people. the fact that your relationship that you just had, that you just got out of, and now you're bleeding on other people. Like, My I do words. not think we talk about that enough. I don't think I recognize that enough. Like, remember that situationship that you had two years ago that you thought you had dealt with? Guess what, sis? You didn't deal with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. But I mean, I think another really important thing to talk about is how we decenter the romantic relationship, right? Like you yeah. said, we talk about self-love in the context of he's not treating me right. I got to love myself, you know? Yeah. But how do we take the really bold and courageous um, and mature step to say, I'm not going to center my life around this idea of a relationship of a man rescuing me of this perfect love rescuing me. How do we do that? And I remember a few years ago, I saw this quote that said, having somebody love you does not rescue you from the task of loving yourself. Say and it again. Say it again. That part. Blew me <laughs> away. Right. Because. I mean, I've been in a relationship for almost five years now. It'll be five years in May. And yep. I'm super excited for that because, I mean, it's been an incredible five years. But mm. I remember a time when we were dating in varsity where I just felt like 
my whole identity was being Rhea's girlfriend. And I loved it because I created it. Like I made that. I was like, yes, I am Rhea's girlfriend and you're going to know that. Amen. I think also because of the community and the space we're in, like in varsity, like I studied in like a little student town. Well, not town, Hatfield's not a town. What is Hatfield? Uh, A suburb. It's like a small community. It's not like the whole world. It's just y'all, you know? (laughs) Exactly. It really felt like just students. And so for me, like my whole identity was that, and I loved it. And I, I, I had to, when I then left varsity and uh, started going to drama school and studying performance, I was like, wow, nobody really cares that I'm Rhea's girlfriend here. Nobody <laughs> knows Rhea here. So that narrative didn't work. And, and so I had to find myself on my own. Like I had to find like, okay, like now you're an actress or learning to, or, you know, studying towards becoming an actress and I'm learning my, you know, artistic self and all that stuff. And that had its own effects on my relationship. But man, the idea that because somebody loves me, I am good and I am fine. It took a long time for me to dismantle. And I also yeah. think that a lot of the women around me who weren't necessarily my friends, somewhere, I'm not going to lie, a lot of my friends perpetuated that idea. I mean, but I what remember- What in society doesn't perpetuate that to us, especially exactly. as black women? Like, think exactly. about all the love like, stories we were sold. You were in a relationship. You can't have a bad day. I literally remember <laughs> literally. a bad day. I was having a bad day at the lab. At, at drama school and I I don't know and then some girl was like why are you upset like you're in a relationship like you don't like us you're not single like us still, still trying to find a boyfriend you should be happy and I'm like sis what? <laughs> I can't have a bad day because I'm in a relationship or like I struggled with insecurities you know because yeah. Rhea's not gonna wipe away my insecurities yes he calls me beautiful yes he thinks I'm the most amazing woman to ever walk this earth yeah. but that doesn't mean I look at myself and think that way so I still struggled with my body image issues I still felt I still was like oh, you're the fat girl. You're always going to be the fat girl. You're so ugly. Nobody likes you. You know, like it doesn't rescue you from loving yourself. So I think also for single women, guys, please, guys, please. I'm still a human being. Okay. I still have bad days and it's fine. It's allowed. Let's stop like glorifying like because I'm in a relationship, my life is great. Nah, I mean, is it, is it, is it great to, to, to have a partner to walk life with of course yeah. i'm not gonna yeah. ever like love is nice guys i'm not gonna ever like <laughs> love you know, is love it's great nice. love is nice having a companion is nice Cuddle, nice love intimacy you know having someone yeah. see you and acknowledge all you of who you are validate you oh my word unmatched oh. unmatched. Ne- unmatched meanwhile on the other side of the spectrum single girl over here um, I would say that like decentering relationships has been a huge factor of my self-care journey of my self-love journey, especially during this quarantine, because I was telling, I've been telling a lot of my friends lately, not just Julie, but a lot of my friends lately, it was just like, I grew up with this concept of all of my uncles and aunts are like high school, college, my parents included in this, we're like high school, college sweethearts. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the fact that I didn't have that, the fact that my high school boyfriend didn't work out at, didn't work like the relationship didn't work out actually probably hit my self-esteem harder than it it really should have because in my head that's how it's supposed to go you're supposed Mm -hmm. to meet your sweetheart in middle school in high school and whenever i mean boy meets world middle school my word (laughs) boy meets world messed me up 
Topanga and Corey, they literally have a scene in the sandbox in kindergarten where they're just like in love with each other, but then they go to the same college. And I think what's interesting for me was like, I never wanted to stay in state. I always wanted to stay out of state. I always wanted to have a career in the arts. Like everything I started, I'm a very analytical person. So when I started drawing correlations, I'm like, well, there's just there's just no way I'll probably be in a relationship right now. It's cool, but <laughs> it did start to weigh on me because it was like, okay, well, what's wrong with me that I'm not in one? Like that is the yeah. other ugly side of like centering our whole lives around you need this other person, like not necessarily a guy, not necessarily a female, but a partner in general, like you need a female or multiple, like, or multiple partners in order to be this whole person. And I think for me, it just started to weigh on the fact of like, I don't have those relationships that I see in movies. Like I said, I'm a rom-com nerd. I've never had those exact things be done for me. And like, I remember crying myself to sleep in college, even included, just like I got into some really bad situations where I really didn't even like being around that other person. But because that person was there, that made me feel less like something was wrong with me. And the truth of the matter is there's never has, never has there ever been anything wrong with me. It just isn't my time yet, you know, and like, that's okay. But during that time that I'm not with this other person, don't I also want to be just as awesome? Because the person I'm going to end up being with is going to be really awesome. And we're not talking about, that's the other thing too. I think a lot of times we have this idea of there's only one person in the world I could ever be with. There are billions of people on this planet, y'all. Like there's probably four or five different people you could end up living the rest of your life with or spending part of your life and then restarting with someone else. Like, can we please normalize that too? Like it's okay for things to have an expiration date. Exactly. And let's also normalize the fact that not everything has to last forever, right? And that's okay. Place and an amazing relationship. But let me tell you something. And I say this to people all the time and they always feel so weird when I say this, but like I... I will, I would be okay if Rhea and I were not meant to be forever. Yeah. I would be okay. Would it be heartbreaking? Of course. Would I cry every day for three years? Probably. But you know what? I know exactly why he was put in my life. I know exactly why we were, you know, we walked this journey together. I know exactly why we held each other's hand for five years or six years or 10 years, however long it will last before it ends. I know exactly why God put him in my life. It does not need to last forever for it to feel, you know, like that part is validated. You know what I mean? What happens if you meet the love of your life and he dies when you- I was just about to say, what what we don't even think about or consider is when people talk about forever, forever isn't a thing, y'all. Like even if you, even let's say you don't break up, like- death happens death one happens. of you will probably die before the other and yep. you've got to know what it's like to be a whole person without that other person like just think about that like even if we say till death do us part look death occurs at some point and you will at have to part point. so <laughs> what are you gonna do when i you mean have the vows say like, the vows <laughs> say that when one of y'all die you're gonna part you're gonna so, part so you can't so what just happens be with then? Like, he dies and at, at 30. What happens then? You're telling me from 30 to the rest of your life, that You're was your only soulmate? Else? There's nobody else that you could ever meet? Please. Please get out of here. Get Please just save, here. save us all the time. Please just save Please. us all the time. And, and the drama, like, it's okay for things to end. Like, that's yeah. okay. Like, it's, it's going to be hard, but eventually you'll figure it out. I Absolutely. mean, it's like, as long as you figure out, my mom always says, as long as you learn something from it, it wasn't a waste. 
Mm-hmm. Like, and even if, even if you end up marrying the love of your life, quote unquote, and y'all end up divorcing, Shoot. it wasn't a waste. And then you have, and you make the most amazing and beautiful and intelligent children. That was the purpose in that thing. It that doesn't necessarily, it didn't necessarily have to be a forever thing. It didn't have to be about you guys. It could have just been about bringing that beautiful life or beautiful lives into this world. And that's okay. And that's how I always felt. I actually had a mentor literally say that to me in high school. I was so angry about the fact that my family had split, that my parents are, are divorced, both of our parents mm. are divorced. And mm. I was really angry. Like I was so mad all the time. I was just mad about life in general, but it really yeah. was the fact that my whole life had fallen apart. Like there were some deaths mm. in there. There was, as I said, there was some mental health things going on as well. Some self-image issues and being a teenager just honestly kind of just sucks it's just puberty is not fun okay it's just not fun (laughs) and then you throw in all these other things and it's like dear lord why can't anything go right Mm. and I had a mentor just say to me sometimes the best thing that two people can do is create more people and that just blew my mind because I was like my favorite thing about my parents' marriage that like to me as a kid my parents' marriage was the ideal now when the ideal marriage implodes you're, what do you do like what do you literally what do you do don't even don't even get me started on that I think all of us who have parents who are who are split up or divorced can relate to what you're saying Naya like that messed me up for a while after my parents got divorced because it was like not that I thought that my parents had the perfect marriage I mean yeah. I saw the cracks in their marriage but I was like if this thing has crumbled like do any I, of us I, have any possibility? <laughs> no, like I just have no idea. And realizing that your parents are a human, yes. and your parents make mistakes, and your parents make very like really huge mistakes sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> that I mean, end up affecting you for the rest of your life. Yeah, um, those things are really really hard to like come to terms with. And I'm so glad that you had someone like, what was it Put a mentor? Was it a therapist? Yeah. You know, a, a lot of us. Yeah, yeah, a lot of us don't have that. You know, we just kind of go through the divorce and we're just like, okay, cool. <laughs> Get up and move on. Doesn't matter. Yeah. I guess we'll just suck it up. But I mean, for me, my sucking up, thankfully I, I did. Like I said, I was blessed in the fact that I had somebody to say that to me. But like, I feel like my suck it up would have been a lot madder and angry at the world. And it's like, guys, even at 22, like my parents divorced at the end of, well, not really, the end of the year when I started my freshman year of high school. That's a really raggedy way to say that, but they divorced <laughs> the winter of my freshman year of high school. And still at what, 22, I'm still like, there are so many things I'm just learning now. There are so many mm-hmm. things I'm unpacking that I didn't realize were so monumental to my awareness of myself, my awareness to how I deal with other people. Um, and then what made it, I think, also really interesting was the fact that like we... I was explaining this to my friend, like I grew up in the public spotlight a lot of times, like my dad is a minister and his range went from like 30, 20 people to the hundreds to thousands of people. And then my family imploded, the family structure changed and all of those people got to see that. Like that was a whole nother thing. I was always on showcase. I was always like, smiling and shaking people's hands and I was so-and-so's daughter and everybody knew me from when I was a baby and like if you think that didn't play a a big part of like how you view how you will view yourself I mean look at any of the celebrities kids like how Mm. many of them have to go back to like who am I as me and I think for me (laughs) like 
I think that's what happened for me in college. Like that was my first time that I really got to go away. And I was like, I am Naya. And what is mm. Naya like? And what do I like? And who am I? Because I now had all of these rules, all these rules that I complained about at home just were natural things that I did on my own. And it just kind of started to feel like I was my own person, which I think yeah. for me, like quarantine really messed me up because I had to go back to my mom's house and I wasn't ready to A, deal with all of that trauma. B, I, I really wasn't ready to be in someone else's home because I had gotten so used to living on my own. And like, C, I, I just, I don't know. I'd been running away from all of this crap and quarantine was like, okay, here you go. I think that was the other thing. It wasn't a choice. It was forced on mm. me. Like it's one thing when it's a choice to make conscious decisions about your life and like the way you think in your lifestyle choices. It's another thing when it's forced upon you. Like mm. I couldn't go anywhere because nowhere was open yeah <laughs> like it all of a sudden changed the framework so I think for me my next steps for my relationship journey has really been like who do you want to be like mm. taking that a step further of like okay no, we're no longer running we are no longer running from that trauma we are no longer running from the chaos that goes on in our mind but if we really were to break it down and deal with it how I'm no longer chasing happiness but I'm chasing happy moments and chasing mm. those moments where I can just embrace being me and figure out who is this person. Cause I really like who I am. I really like who I've become and who I'm growing into. And I, I genuinely do love myself and I've worked really hard to get to where I am right now. But I just wanna Same know thing. what the next steps are to get there. Like, I think some people who are like, I'm just so madly in love with myself. I don't need another person. I don't know that. And I don't know how to get there. <laughs> And I would love to be on y'all level. And I appreciate y'all for reaching that, that cosmic level of life, but I ain't there yet. I don't know if I ever yeah. will be, but I am attaining to get to that. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think for me, my current, the steps I'm in currently, I don't know what the next steps are, but where I am right now is learning not to depend on my, on my crutches, yeah. on, on the things that sabotage me. Yeah. Naya said this to me, a few months ago and I'm sure I've seen it somewhere else but I was just going through something so particular in my life at the time and I was telling her like I'm just trying to unlearn like this idea of emotional eating because yeah. I'm an emotional eater I feel happy I celebrate with food I feel sad I you know drown it out with food I feel anxious I just will you know have a drink or whatever the case might be so I am trying to learn to not use those things as crutches anymore and and I, I used to use this term self-love all the time. Like when I'm feeling good, I'm like, oh, I'm going to take myself out on a date. I'm going to get myself a plate of a nice big bowl of pasta and a glass of wine. And I'm just going to take myself on it because you know what? That's self-love. And Naya was like, but it can't be self-love if it's harming you. Like, like if you're not supposed to be eating it and it's sweets and it's McDonald's and it's steers and it's KFC, but that's not loving yourself you understand that right that's harming yourself and I was like what it literally <laughs> blew my mind like till this day I tell people that story and I'm like I cannot believe for all these years for the longest time I was self-harming and calling it self-love yeah. um so I'm in those steps right now I'm in those steps of like I am feeling down and that's okay. I'm going to feel down. I'm not going to go to McDonald's and get myself a Big Mac to supplement or to drown out the feeling of feeling down. Okay. Yeah. I am feeling happy and excited. How about I just jump on a call with my boyfriend and tell him how happy and excited I am, as opposed to saying, I'm going to treat myself with an ice cream. How about we just 
talk about how exciting this is. <laughs> I think talk me, about how sad this makes you. So this is where I too. am. Yeah, this is that's where I am right now in that in the relationship with myself. And it's hard because I'm very I'm trying my hardest to be accountable to myself. And yeah. sometimes when it's just you and you feel like I mean come on no one's no one's watching. I mean, I might as well just, I mean, it's why I just had a big cup of hot chocolate and some jam toast right now, way past the time I should be, (laughs) way past the time I should be eating. But I allowed myself that because I'm starting my period in a few days. So it's fine. I deserve it. (laughs) I have to share with you this podcast that talks about like women's periods and how you can actually schedule your life around your period. Like it's not just five for like most people I think it's like what three to five days maybe seven days at max is usually your period actually your period is like a 20 something day cycle like if you start Mm. planning your life around that like if you exercise they literally broke it down in this podcast of just like if you want to do high resistance workouts do it during this week if you want to do cardio do it this week like because you just will start realizing how productive you can be and like maximizing that it's so scientific and I, I really want to be that that analytical and yeah, like and say like color code this week this i'm not i'm that not there i'm, I'm not, not there, there. <laughs> like i'd love to be the pinterest board of like all of my stuff sage my room like i'm not there yet guys i'm just not okay no me too, <laughs> me too. i mean i want to know though uh, from the single girl in in the team what are some of the myths around romantic relationships that have been you know kind of forced down your throat um currently like mostly you in your 20s like I think as kids we all know what they were but like yeah where like right now what are some of the myths that you are like is this even a thing what 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 is this um so I recently found out the hard truth that a guy can't fix you (laughs) um so kind of going back to Tilly's point of like um like you have to love your for yourself first like a relationship is not going to cancel out you loving yourself yo like it just doesn't now what I have learned from also conversations with my therapist is like no one will ever be everything you need and everything that you want so we make these beautiful lists Mm. these very detailed lists of what we can't stand what we need and what we want in a relationship and guess what sis I'm here to tell you the hard truth that I had to learn that you will never get everything on that list Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that's okay because you get some other stuff as well that you weren't expecting and they bring out these awesome pieces of you and that's that's really cool I think for me as well as um I think where I got the whole fixing thing is like going back to my family like a lot of times even like my grandparents they like love at first sight literally they had love at first sight and the way my grandmother talks about my grandfather God rest his soul it's like as soon as I met your grand when I met your grandfather he just fixed everything like everything made sense in the world I want my world to already make sense <laughs> and you to make sense mm. in it, you know? Um, I think that's in what it. I want, yeah. you know? Like, I think the idea of, I want to just fall in love. It's like, yeah, I don't want to fall in anywhere, okay? I would like to walk into love. Mm. I would like to run into love, to embrace it wholeheartedly. Mm. Um, the idea of just like, I think for me, a lot of times I said like, like when you watch rom-coms, my first thought a lot of times would be like, that relationship would have worked if only this person had done this. Well, sometimes people just don't want to. 
Like they just don't mm. want to, you know, like, and it's okay. It really, you're right. It if he wanted to, he, he would. would, he would. And I think a lot of times it's like the myth that I was also going in when people would say that to me, it's like, well, why, why, what's wrong with me that he doesn't want to, it has nothing to do with you, sis. Like mm. it has nothing to do. It has mm-hmm. everything to do with that person. And that says nothing about you because guess what? you and I are not the same. Like, I think that's what I had to realize too, is like Mm. a lot of what I, what I learned, like even the way that I feel like the women in my family have talked to me about like attraction growing up was like, well, you know, you have to look cute. Like, what if you meet a guy? Well, first of all, can we start with the fact that I literally growing up just didn't feel like I could be one of the pretty girls at all. Now you want me to be then focused on the opposite sex attraction. Thank you, self-esteem yeah. that has now plummeted. Um, because it already is at like a negative. And now you want me to focus on something else. Another person who also has yeah. more self-esteem and also doesn't know what they're doing. And then you want me mm. to be with them. And we're both just fumbling and hurting each other more and more and more. Like it just, it, but it I isn't think, a good cycle. Yeah. And more so like this idea that I have to look good for a boy. Like, why do we like put that seed in little girls so young? Like, no, you look cute because you must look cute. Do your hair because you must do your hair. And it looks nice when you do your hair. And you like the way you look when you do your hair. I wish we had So, I mean, it's a lot. I feel like, like when I was a little girl, I wish my mother had like taken a picture of like me with my hair not done. And then a picture of me, I literally just came up with this idea in my head right now, but I wish she had before and after, like before I do your hair and then after I I do your hair, how do you feel? And that, I feel like that would have made me feel so, so much more empowered. I feel like, because like, it's to the point where now guys, like, and I love my mother to death. She's the most amazing woman in the world. And also recognize that people are a product of the society around them. Right. So like, I completely understand that she's an amazing woman. I'm not, not coming for my mom, but it's to the point where when I walk inside of a room, I count how many guys are in the room and how many of them I find attractive and how can I position myself to be near them? Like it's bad. It's so bad. I, and I'm trying to unlearn that of just like, stop doing that like you're just existing like do you know how many people you could have met and been close friends with and maybe it could have gone into something Mm -hmm. more because once that's the other thing is like once my brain goes into relationship mode everything has to go the way I want it to go because Mm -hmm. I'm not like I said I'm very analytical I'm very strategic I'm a planner like I will plan my way around a whole way to meet a guy okay so (laughs) I had to learn that I am not the person, the person who's pursuing. I am the one who needs to be getting pursued. Um, and even that has its own like hierarchy. Of yeah. Things. I was about to say that that's a whole thing to be unpacked. That's a whole, <laughs> whole other thing. thing. <laughs> but also, but you like, know, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, for me, I think um, a huge myth for me before going into a relationship was that relationships are 50 50 absolutely not true um i think uh relationships i mean i can only talk from my relationship and i think relationships with everyone with your mother with your best friend i don't think there's ever a time where you guys are all both pulling in the same direction you know giving the exact same amount of energy, the exact same amount of effort into this relationship. You the can. truth is that there will be times where I am giving 
90 and he is giving 10. There will be times where I am giving 100 because he has no strength to give anything right now because of whatever might be happening. There will be times where I am giving five and he's giving 95. There will be times where, you know, he is carrying the whole load on his shoulders. So I think that was a huge myth that I had to bust for myself was like, man, 50-50, that's a really weird like concept for me because I don't know yeah you can never be at the same place at the same time like even with someone that you love and you are so connected to you are never going to be at the same place at the same time able to give the same things the same amount of attention the same amount of love the same amount of care it just doesn't that's how life works I I think a lot of times too is like we're not in the same place you know like we have to shift and change so that makes sense to me exactly exactly And I mean, sometimes I just need to be carried, man. Like I need to be carried. Like there are times where I I don't, I don't have the strength to carry myself. I don't have the strength to motivate myself. And there've been times where like Red literally has held me together. 2019 was one of those years. Um, And we'll get into that, that, you know, in a couple of episodes when I was going through one of the biggest heartbreaks of my life, this man literally held me together because I could not. Like I could not, I, I, I barely had the strength to wake up and go to work every day. And only because I loved my job, <laughs> literally yeah. only because I loved what I was doing that year. Um, so yeah, that was a huge one for me. I think that was my big one, number one. And I'm still busting that every day. Same. Yeah. I think that's the thing about the myths is like, even though you recognize it, you have to remind yourself. Cause like, even on my bad days, I'm like, I wish I had someone who I could tell these things too, because mm. it just really sucks. And I wish they would just say all these magical words and make everything okay. And that's not how it works. This, I think that's just not how it works. Like your bad days are just that they're your bad days and mm-hmm. you reach out for lifelines and people support you through it. But you, you have to walk through that bad moment in order to get to the other side. Like you got people giving you the armor on the battlefield, but you still got to fight that war. Yeah. You just got to do it. Yeah. Um, so with that in mind, I know we just threw a lot of information at you and I, I'm sure your head is swarming with a million and one questions because I know my head is like swarming with like, I wish we could go deeper and deeper and deeper. So maybe we'll do a part two sometime, but some things to think about and to leave you with some questions. What are some myths that you all were taught as uh, kids and even now in like your twenties and thirties and forties about romantic relationships that you had to unlearn, right? You had to unpack. And also, if you if you would like to share with us, we would really appreciate it if you would. Where are you all at in your self-love journey? Like, what part of the process are you at? As always, you can always contact us on Instagram at rantmuch underscore podcast. Um, or even now we have a Twitter, which is also Don't under the same name. Too. And talk with us there as well. Have a nice day, guys. Yes, Bye. Stop to the tick tock, you don't stop, stop, stop.